All right, this is going to be a, a serious one, I'm afraid. You know, just in the last video, um, or the one before, I um, I believe I said, um, you know, I love Owen, I'm on his side, that that's not going to change. But on his latest stream, number 600, which I've seen on um, unauthorized, because I'm, I'm not actually sure what, what his new YouTube channel is, but I think they've kicked him off the other one or something. Anyway. I saw it on unauthorized, it's number 600, and it starts uh, one hour and eight minutes in. And, you know, Owen just went and did a really terrible thing, and I'm afraid I'm, I'm just going to have to not just disavow him, but you know, I'm, I'm now going to have a blood feud with Owen. Um, that's He's done something completely unforgivable, you know, and I'll come to it now. You know, he discussed uh, the moon, and... He said that the moon is not a moon, and I could handle that. Then he said that the, the moon and the umbra doesn't make sense, and he's wrong, but I could deal with that. He said he doesn't believe the earth is a spinning globe, I could still deal with that. He said a whole bunch of things about the moon using wrong dimensions, and he's wrong about that, but I, you know, I was still cool. I was just marching along, listening to his rant about the moon, being totally wrong. But, you know, that was fine. But then, then, he went and called me crazy and scary. You know, that didn't even faze me. But he did the unforgivable thing of accusing me of being British. He said, I'm a crazy, scary British guy. That's, that's just unforgivable, Owen. So I'm now going to have to destroy you. That's right. I'm not British. I'm not even Italian. I'm Venetian. Let's get that right. So for his unforgivable sin, I'm afraid I'm going to have to destroy Owen Benjamin now. And uh, by now, I hope that you guys have learned my little sense of humor. You know, I still love Owen. And I love the bears. And I, I owe Owen probably more than half of my subscribers now. Most of them are bears, I think. He is wrong about the moon. And I do love you, Owen, if you're watching. If you ever watch. I hope you do. I hope you do. Because um, you've got an open invitation, as per my letter. If you ever come to England, you've got a place to stay here. And I got a big-ass telescope, which, you know what, I'm just going to have to show it. There you go. Look look at this thing. Look at this monster. All right? Look at that thing. That I just got for uh, my 50th birthday, thanks to my wife and my dad and some friends. They all got together and uh, sorted that out for me. So, if you ever come to England, not only have you got a place to sleep and eat, but I will gladly take this thing out on a nice clear night and we can go and look at the moon together and then you will see the error of your ways my friend now it starts one hour and eight minutes in and Owen by the way if you ever do watch this I really do consider you a good guy and I do consider you a friend you are wrong about the moon and you know I um we are on absolutely the same side, but it's important for us to get certain things right. If one of us is completely wrong about something, 
you know, whether it's Vox, whether it's you, whether it's me, it's important that we correct each other. So um, take it in that spirit. And I'm happy to talk with you about this anytime you want. And, you know, with, you know, given the fact my, my, I've, you know, I work and all sorts of things, but um, I'm happy to discuss this with you live or whatever, whatever format you want, privately, not privately, publicly, whatever you want. So um, it's not really a challenge. I'm just telling you, I know you're a good guy. And I believe I also understand why you question everything so hard. And I understand your need for self-reliance, which a lot of people sometimes misinterpret as arrogance. But you, you've explained quite a lot about your history. And um, that has an effect on a person. You know, when someone is lied to and deceived by the people closest to him at such a deep level, it makes you question everything. And then if you're a man, you're going to say, you know, fuck you, prove me wrong before I, I, I even think of changing my mind. So I get it, but you are wrong about the moon and the earth being a globe, all right? And here's the reason why. Essentially, the so-called accepted method, all right, the accepted thing that the moon spins around the earth and the earth spins around the sun, it's useful. It allows you to predict all sorts of things many years in advance. So as a model, it absolutely works. There is no flat earth model that works. There is no, um, you know, the moon is just a lamp theory that works. And I'm going to put the link again to a guy that crushes the uh, flat earth theory. He's a lot more patient than I am. I, I don't have that level of patience. But what I do have the patience for is to show you that your calculations are wrong. And I will also show you uh, briefly and quickly how the shadow of an object does get smaller um, if the light source is bigger than it. Okay. You're, um, I've also done this before. So I've got two videos. One is like a six minute video about the moon shadow. And it sh just shows you that the shadow can be smaller. Then I've done a longer version of it where you've actually got all the calculations. So if you freeze frame the video, you can see all the numbers and I've drawn to scale the sketch of the sun, the moon, and how everything works. So there is no getting away from that, right? But in what you've said, you've also made some pretty big errors, all right? Now, maybe you are speaking, speaking metaphorically or whatever, but Owen said that if you've got a 300-yard field, let's call it 300 meters because I prefer meters to, uh, to yards, but there, it's close enough, all right? For the purpose of this, it's not that different. 300 yards is a little bit less. It's 10% less than 300 meters, but close enough. Now, if we use a field of that size, Owen said that the sun is going to be roughly beach ball sized and the moon is going to be a golf ball. No. And he says the moon is going to be a golf ball nine inches in and the sun is going to be on, on the opposite end of the field, a beach ball. No, no, and it isn't. If you want to use the sun as a beach ball sized object, that's 34 centimeters across, which is, you know, just over a foot. So 34 centimeters in front of my face, roughly it's, it's this big. Okay. It's a ball roughly that big, 34 centimeters or like my, my globe. I'm going to see if, uh, if I can get that into the, into the picture. There you go. My globe of the earth, right? That thing is roughly, roughly about the same size. That's probably a bit smaller than 34 centimeters, but it's close enough. So if the sun is that size, 
at the opposite end of a 300 meter football field, the moon is not a fucking golf ball. The moon is the size of a about the size of the 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 roller ball inside this ballpoint pen. It is point eight of a um, of a millimeter. Point eight of a millimeter. So, and if you guys are Americans and you don't know what millimeters are, basically a millimeter is millimeters roughly the width between my two nails halfway up the, the, the thing and the ballpoint in there is some something less than a millimeter okay that's the size of the moon if the size of the sun is like that ball over there so no that's completely wrong now the umbra and penumbra are not mysterious words of magic it's latin umbra means shadow penumbra means half shadow that's all and there, uh, you know, then you said some other things about that all the uh, all the asteroid impacts on the moon are perfect circles. They're not. There are several images of asteroid impacts that are not perfect circles. And uh, he also said that there has not been any observation of asteroid impacts on the moon. I believe that's wrong. I haven't even bubbled, bothered to Google it, but I because I um, I seem to remember it. And although you know, I'm. 50 years old now so my memory is not what it used to be but I, I'm almost absolutely certain that there have been observed asteroid impacts on the moon um, but keep in mind you know there is there isn't somebody watching it 24 7 recording everything 24 7 so even so I believe that we do have actual recorded asteroid impacts then he's talking about the fact that the face of the moon is locked with the with the with the rotation of the earth and that that's impossible and no it's not impossible at all it's not impossible at all in fact it's exactly what you'd expect because it's the same thing if you take a pen and you stir a cup of tea right and you got a little two little bits of, of matter or whatever they will spin pretty much they will stay relative to each other in the same position now you've got surface water tension so eventually the two bits will either touch the side of the cup you know, at some point they will because it's not quite the same analogy as space you know you've, you've got other forces acting on the spinning teacup or whatever that um, you know will, will cause a different thing but the thing is the theory is that the earth and the, and the moon are formed together the planets and the sun are formed together so it's an accretion of matter that eventually over time coalesces the, the, the central part the heaviest part eventually becomes a sun and the bits that are outside eventually become rocky planets or eventually, like Jupiter, huge gas giants that over time, the chances are that that, that gas giant, that Jupiter, is eventually going to become a star as well. Which is why most star systems in our galaxy are actually binary star systems. That's basically what happens, okay? Now, when that happens, the rotation of all this matter starts pretty much all at the same time. So, over time, it normalizes and it becomes all kind of the same and that's why the moon is locked to us even if it were a captured asteroid right even if it were if let's say the moon didn't form together with the earth which i believe there's valid reasons to believe that even if it's a captured asteroid over millions of years eventually because the earth's gravity is much stronger it will lock 
that satellite to one face. It's pretty normal. It's we, we can observe this, you know, all over the the solar system. So it's not unusual. It's not that unusual. It's it's quite expected. There is one thing I do agree with Owen on, which he says, oh, he doesn't believe the moon is a moon. And, you know, if you're given the widest latitude possible, the moon is a weird object. All right. Its ratio to the Earth is is very weird in that um, it's pretty much what it needs to be in order for the tides and everything else to happen to make life happen. But I have discussed this at some length in, again, and guys, I'm not trying to plug my book, all right? But I did write this. I wrote this 26 years ago. There isn't a single thing that I wrote in here that's been falsified in 26 years, okay? And there's some predictions I made in here, which are absolutely correct, that have later become known as correct. So, you know, it, it is in there. I do discuss it in there. But... The moon, I think, in fact, I think our whole solar system, because it is my theory that there used to be a Phaeton object. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. It's a, it's a name from a Greek thing. But I believe there was a, a planet between uh, Jupiter and Mars, where we now have an asteroid belt. I believe that planet was blown up intelligently in the same way that Mars was destroyed intelligently. And I've made videos about this. If you want to see the, if you want to see a little bit on that, look at my challenge to Simon Dan. I explain it in there, and then my reply to Simon Dan, which he hasn't responded to. Okay, don't expect him to. The guy's busy, whatever. And you know, he also has a certain narrative I think to to keep. Uh, so it's not going to do him much good to try and reply to my reply, but I let him know that I have replied just so he, in case he wants to, and he hasn't. Um, so I believe there was intelligent destruction of the ob of the planet between Mars and Jupiter, which is now the asteroid belt. I believe Mars was intelligently destroyed. And I believe the survivor of that war, whatever the factions are, came to Earth. And I do believe they also genetically engineered and messed around with, with the hominids, the, the homo, uh, um, the uh, Neanderthals, homo Neanderthalis that was here. You know, and I think that probably happened around 30,000 years ago. This is quite a lot of speculation, but there's a lot of evidence that points in that direction, in my opinion. Um, and I cover all that stuff in quite a lot of detail in the book. Um, and these people, you know, these beings, whatever, definitely had anti-gravity technology. Anti-gravity technology is real. It exists. It's existed since 1928 from Thomas Townsend Brown's first experiments. It's been developed, and in 1954, he gave all his information to the Naval Research Laboratories. There is a, um, an autistic guy who broke into the, into the Pentagon who got lists of spaceships with up to 300 people on them. Okay? These are not American ships in the sea. They're American con you know, person with American personnel on board that are off-planet ships with up to 300 people in it. So if you read my science fiction uh, books, uh, The Overlords of Mars, I cover, all this speculation is covered in The Overlords of Mars. So they're fiction, yes, but with a lot of stuff that I think is real. And the funny thing is that, you know, since I wrote this book, a lot of the stuff that I've written has slowly started to leak out and come out. So, and that's not uncommon as well. You know, in art, often an artist will 
predict or or almost kind of have a precognition of certain um, stuff that he imagines, you know, and that later comes either true or is discovered to have been true and so on. So, um, you know, Owen does make a lot of mistakes about the moon. He says that, oh, it's impossible for the moon and the sun to be lit at the same time in the sky. No, it's not. It's not impossible at all. It's very easy to for that to, to happen as long as you consider a 3D model where you've got the sun, the earth, the moon spinning around. And, you know, if uh, let me try and use, these are not going to be to size, obviously, but so let's say the sun is way over here and it's much bigger, right? Then you've got the earth and the moon over here. So I don't know if you can see the 3D thing, but so the moon and the earth could be, you know, parallel to next to each other, right? Because the moon is spinning around the earth. And the sun could be way over here, big, right? It's illuminating both. Now, if you are over there on the earth, right? And this is the moon, there you go. If you're over here on the earth, you can see the moon and you can see the sun. There it is. This is slightly in front. I don't know if you can see in perspective on the video. This ball is not slightly in front of the earth. So if I, if I turn my hand, you know, there's the sun. There's no reason why you can't see both. If I, if I pull this one a little bit back, there you go. Right? There's the sun. It's illuminating both. Why wouldn't you be able to see the moon and the earth at the same time? This is not difficult. All right. But you do have to think in three dimensions and you have to sort of understand a little bit about astronomy and, uh, you know, astrophysics and so on. And it's not hard stuff. Okay. But if you've got it into your head that you're going to question everything, then yeah, you're going to make mistakes. Um, you know, again, maybe there's some people that are saying, oh, you know, Owen's on our side. You shouldn't criticize him, whatever. Listen, I said I'm on Owen's side, right? So let's don't fucking twist my words. But he's wrong about this stuff. He's just plain dead wrong, all right? And he said he doesn't like being wrong. I understand that too, right? He comes from a, a background that is pretty... Um, in order to survive that background, Okay, that, that Owen has got and that he talked about. I wouldn't mention it otherwise, but he's gone into a lot of details about his family background. Coming from that sort of a background, you need to develop either a really strong um, sense of your own importance, of your own um, ego, of your own ideas being correct, or you will be crushed. You will either become a crushed little gay hippie soy boy or you'll become somebody that even if he's wrong he's gonna be like nah fuck you until it's absolutely proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that you know that's wrong and the thing about Owen is he's honest you know he's an honest guy if if you can demonstrate to him that he's wrong about something he owns up to it so I got no beef with with Owen you know apart from the fact that he called me British so um, we will have to have a jewel to first blood whenever we eventually meet um, you know, I'm 10 years older than you, so good luck. It's not going to fucking help you calling me British when you get off, right? So, and, and the other thing, you know, now I'm just going to come back to the fact that you lick your finger when you turn the pages of the dictionary. That's, that's another big no-no. So, we, you know, there's, there's two things. But aside from that, you know, um, he's a good guy and I got no issue with him. Um, 
also about the thing about the snipers having to adjust for the spin of the earth when they shoot. That's bullshit. That's absolute fucking nonsense. No sniper ever has adjusted his fucking gun for the spin of the earth. It's fucking rubbish. All right. Fucking nonsense. No snipers ever done that. And just so you know, I have a long range rifle, which will do the rifle will do six inches at a kilometer, right? The rifle will do a headshot at a kilometer. I'm not quite there yet, but the rifle can do it because I tested the rifle, right? The rifle can definitely do it. And at 400 meters with that rifle, you're done. I don't care who you are. If I'm behind that rifle at 400 meters, you're done. And I tested that too. And that's with factory ammo, all right? Just normal factory ammo. If I put match ammo in there, I will do the kilometer shot. No worries. It might take me a little bit of, of, of training, but I'll get there. And uh, no, no one. Calcul you calculate for wind, you calculate for bullet drop, you calculate for all that stuff. But no, the earth spin doesn't come into it, right? And it doesn't come into it either, uh, according to, uh, I forgot what his name is. He's, he's a guy who wrote a book called The Ultimate Sniper. And it's really a good book. So, yeah, uh, it no, okay, it, it's bullshit. As for planes taking off and the earth spinning again, you know, I could, I need to spend, if, if you don't understand that stuff, it's going to be really hard. It's going to take hours to try and explain to you the basics because you're missing some fundamentals. But here's the basic thing. You're saying, okay, those people that believe the earth is flat and whatever the fuck idiotic shit, you're saying that if a plane takes off because the earth is spinning, you know, you, you, you would, it would go too fast or it would go too slow. No, you've got momentum. Now, if you think that this is rubbish, right? And you say, oh, but if you jump up out of a convertible, when you come back down, you're not in the same place because you get blown off. Yeah, you get blown off because there's air resistance you fuck with. But there is no air resistance when everything is moving at the same speed, including the air. All right. So when the plane takes off, all the air of the earth, it's all attached gravitationally. It's all being pulled all at the same time, all at the same speed. So it's here's here's a test for you. Have you ever been in a plane? Yeah. Get in a plane. Take a little ball like one of the ones I just showed you a bouncy one. Yeah. Get on the plane, stand in the aisle, bounce the ball straight down. What the fuck do you think happens? It bounces straight back up. Planes moving at 900 kilometers per hour. Yeah. Your ball in that time that it takes to jump up, you know, a meter or whatever would be at the back hitting the back really hard because a thousand miles, a thousand kilometers an hour, which is just a bit more than a you know, plane travels around the commercial airliner will travel about 900 Ks um, an hour. Just do the math. All right. It takes about what a second for the ball to bounce up. So if you're traveling 900 kilometers an hour, divide by 60, 900, roughly speaking, divided by 60, that's 90 divided by six, all right? 90 divided by six is 1.5. So uh, it travels uh, in 60 minutes, in one minute, it travels 1.5 kilometers, all right? So 1.5 kilometers divided again by 60 to get the seconds. So you got 150 divided by six, 
150 meters divided by six, right? That's what in my head, it's uh, it's a bit less than than 30, so it's 25 something, right? It's it's a bit less than 30 meters, so it's call it 25. I don't know. I can't. I'm not gonna do the maths in my head right now, but um, oh fuck it, I am gonna do the maths in my head because it's bugging me. 12. Yeah, it's 25 meters, right? So is it? Six and six is twelve. Five, three. Yeah, I think it's twenty-five meters. So if you bounce the ball in one second, it should move twenty-five meters to the back of the plane. It doesn't. It doesn't because everything is relative. Everything is moving at the same speed. It's all relative to each other. It's all moving at the same speed. So it's like if it wasn't moving, and that's the same thing with the plane and the air in the in, in the atmosphere and so on. As for the the um, atmospheric lensing that the moon looks bigger at the horizon, yes, because it's going through atmosphere, it has a lensing effect. It's like looking through a bent glass. Okay, it has a lensing effect. And yes, when you're in a plane higher up with less atmosphere, the moon looks smaller because you don't have as much atmosphere, so there's no lensing effect. Again, this stuff is is not difficult. Um, also, you know, the moon and the sun are not perfect circles and no they do not line up perfectly the 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 sun and the moon when there's a um, you know when the moon goes in front of the sun and there's a total eclipse it's not a perfect circle there's little bits of light leaking out um, having said all that um, oh and by the way the calculations that I did on the geek version of the moon shadow that's what the video is called geek version of the moon shadow I don't, I don't know what number it is 30 something or whatever it's got all the numbers in there and it's got the two scale diagram so that you can see the light of you know the rays of light from the sun how they work on the moon it's all there having said all that i do think that there is something weird about the moon and our entire solar system because i believe there was intelligent destroyed planet between mars and jupiter i believe mars was intelligent destroyed i believe the survivors of the war came to earth and carried on their fight although there was only a few of them left that's what all the mythology of the gods and having this flying craft and whatever which you find in you know the myth of gilgamesh you find in the uh, bamarata i think it's called the the hindu histories you you know the aztecs got conquered by 13 men pizarro and 12 guys because they considered their kings, Atahualpa and those guys, believed that they were stewards for the gods when they were returned. They didn't. They were not kings. They were holding the seat for the king, for the gods. And the gods were white-skinned and red-haired and blonde and blue-eyed and so on. And that's why the Nazis also used that whole mythology to, you know, I mean, you, only a German could believe that the Germans are the chosen super people. You know, I mean, they're like fucking wind-up toys. It's clearly that, you know, the most superior human beings on earth are Venetians. Everybody knows that. So, uh, well, anyway, uh, obviously a bit of a rant. Touched the sore spot there, Owen, you know. But um, that's uh, basically it. Um, you know, that, I mean, that, there's a lot of stuff that, that he said, that, but, but he's just wrong on these things. There is no functional model of the moon flat earth the moon being a lamp or whatever the fuck that works there is another weird thing about the moon it rings like a bell and it's got mass what they call mass cons so the the gravitational 
density of the moon is not even there's like some concentrated parts of it that seem to have a higher um, gravity or or be more a lot more dense and again I do cover that with a very science fiction theory in my Overlords of Mars theory. And, you know, Owen didn't say what he thinks the moon is. Um, I do hint to add it quite hard in the uh, in the Overlords of Mars books. But, you know, it's a nice story. I don't want to spoil it for you. Um, so if, you, if you're interested in that sort of stuff, you can read the books and, and entertain yourself that way. But, uh, yeah, so remember, the scale was totally wrong. If your sun is beach ball sized, the moon is the size of a ballpoint pen's little roller ball, more or less, right? At 300 meters distance. Um, the umbra is a real thing. And actually, I'm going to, I don't know if the camera will pick it up, but I'm, I'm going to try and show this as well. There, let's see. Let's have a look. So, I don't know if the camera will pick this up. And again, I've, um, just for those of you who haven't seen the moon shadow videos, my, um, my lampshade is a light bulb inside a big sort of paper ball. So it acts a little bit like a sun and it, and it is, it is bigger than the, um, uh, than the, the, the globe there. It's roughly, you know, a bit bigger than a foot. So it acts as the sun because it has the same sort of the lights coming off it from the whole ball, not just the light bulb. If this was just the light, the naked light bulb, it wouldn't work uh, as clearly. So I don't know if you can see this as clearly on the on the video, but right here you can see the the shadows, the size of the ball. If I move the ball closer to the sun, the lampshade, you notice that we still have a pretty dense shadow there, right? dense because it's close it's dense as i get further and further away notice that this shadow keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and now you've got the penumbra so you've got a dark center and a grayish you know much weaker shadow around it which is bigger and as you get closer and closer to the uh, to the to the sun the penumbra keeps getting bigger but notice there's no more dark spot and eventually you know, if I get closer and closer, it's gone. It's gone because the light from there is now, the light from there hits the edges and makes a cone. And when the cone is too small, then there is no shadow on the door, right? So that's the, uh, let me just turn this back around. And, uh, that's basically it. Now, you know, I haven't spent a lot of time on this because it's it's so obvious and I've done it before and whatever, but it might be interesting to draw. I, I don't even know if you can do it because it's going to be so small. It won't make us any sense, you know, to try and draw something to scale on the whiteboard. It really, you know, you need to understand the astronomical distances involved here. Um, and if you don't, then it's difficult. But okay. Uh, that's it. So Owen, uh, you now have a blood feud, um, and you know I just want to be clear that as as you know as as Vox recently said, you know you just can't be trusted, and you started it, you know, by calling me British. Um, so you know it's uh, I I drink to the to the when we eventually meet and the the, the duel to first blood. 
that's uh, I'm, I've issued the, the challenge now for calling me British. You know, there's I, I don't think that's a forgivable sort of a thing to call a Phoenician man British. It's just not done. It's just not playing cricket. Okay, there you go, guys. And have a have a good evening.